Uh, hi and welcome to the Prusa podcast. Uh, it's a kind of different uh, look this time. We're trying something new. Uh, the topic for this podcast is AI in 3D printing. Uh, and it's four of us here. Uh, I'm joined by Honza from the content team. Hey. Uh, Elena from the AFS team. Hi. And Joe. Yeah, Joe, I don't know what team, team you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so AI in, in 3D printing, I... AI is everywhere. I'm kind of annoyed with how often I can see it, but I think there are some actual legitimate uses for uh, AI. Uh, and Elena, we have you, uh, you here, which is wonderful because you've been working with AI quite a bit recently, right? Uh, yes, we have just started developing um, our own uh, AI solution for error detection. Um, and we are introducing it into Connect and uh, also applying it in IFS team. So error detection, so you're talking about processing a camera image. Uh, yes, we are processing the camera images um, that, well, we have um, trained the model uh, that uh, is an open source model, but uh, we have custom trained it on our printer's data. Yeah, we've collected a data set within mm -hmm. the company and um we got some classes we defined the classes that we wanted to uh, train and uh now we have a model that can uh, help us detect uh which picture uh it is yeah if it is for example a spaghetti monster <laughs> we all know that <laughs> if it is uh um an empty uh sheet okay. or uh for example if your camera is suddenly pointing at a different okay. angle I, I've actually played with, with it. Uh, I believe all uh, employees, uh, everyone who is a Prusa employee has That'll this <laughs> uh, special button in, in Prusa Connect. Uh, the users can't see it, but I had a chance to play with it and I've recorded some of the uh, use cases. So whoever is watching on YouTube or Spotify with, with video, they can look at it. We will kind of describe what we see. Uh, I also hope, uh, maybe can you bring your mic a little bit closer? Uh, the, the stand should let you yeah, take it just... I just hope that it will pick up your voice nicely. Uh, but yeah, so basically for now, it's uh, how I see it from the user perspective, how I, I experienced this. It's a new button in Prusa Connect. And I guess it just sends the model into the neural network. It is a neural network. It is a neural network that um, is um, uh, pre-trained on millions of photos. Uh, but uh, when we tried it uh, with my colleague Monica, we tried uh, the raw model and uh, we decided that it needed a bit of fine tuning mm -hmm. um, because, well, the probably 3D printers are not uh, very well represented yeah. there. So uh, we collected the, the images. Uh, I myself, yeah, have been going around the departments yeah, to, take, to take pictures yeah, of the and uh, what is cool about this, this models, we, well, you can notice that we have two, yeah, we have two variants, yeah, and uh, they are just, well, for us, for now, yeah, we are testing different parameters so, um, there. Uh, yeah, you, so, you, I see you send it to both and it gives, yeah, it, each gives its answer, its confidence. Yeah, exactly, yeah, it gives uh, how well, well, uh, how, how, um, well, it thinks it, it matches yeah, certain category. Yeah. And I, I've tested different use cases. So, mm, yeah, the most obvious ones are where it can tell you that uh, print is in progress. It looks fine. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that you trained uh, a use case where there is no print sheet on the build plate. Yeah, well, this is this might be issue for like security or something. Yeah, I think it's amazing. <laughs> it's not, but it's amazing because if I start to print and connect, it might one day be able to tell me, oh, I, the printer is not ready. It doesn't have the print sheet on. Uh, I think ultimately, uh, you know, if you have the print queue uh -huh. uh, and you have to basically set the printer ready, uh -huh. we could do this uh, automatically. That we see that there is a sheet yeah, and we can see it's empty. It's empty and you can go. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And yeah, then there are some other use cases like... Uh, uh, perf print is finished. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I guess kind of the telling thing is that the print head is and not anywhere near the print. Or how does do do you know how like uh, or well uh, yeah well as as we have trained um, 
the images the images that we have used for training uh -huh. they are all of uh of the 3d printer yeah of the print on the 3d printer so mm, it might not be so well yeah if you take a picture of uh a print on a table yeah it might not uh, uh -huh. mm, detect it well yeah or might not be very confident yeah on what it's seen um so and uh, what is what is also interesting here is that uh, as we've used different cameras because when we were collecting the photos, yeah, so uh, we use different cameras, different angles, yeah. So it's very general, yeah. Now, yeah, you don't need to have a specific camera. I would like to highlight that very much because that's really <laughs> and uh, yeah, incredible. And actually, use I don't know your old phone camera or Raspberry Pi camera, whatever. Yeah, whatever camera you have. I'm using a like an yeah. ESP32 camera, and I just put it anywhere, put and it, it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's not like there's it's a built-in camera in the printer, and it only knows that one angle, and it's trained on that yeah. one resolution, mm -hmm. one sharpness. Right. Yeah. You can just take a. Actually, there's a dedicated app where you can just send any photo into the model, and it will give you the answer. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, I would like to give a. Uh, I would like to do a little plug. Uh, take a look at our video. Uh, how we how we make our printers. We mentioned the amount of machines we are running constantly at the company, and not just on the farm, but everywhere around the company. It is a huge number, and. The fact that you know this this is uh, where where it pays that we are using our our machines ourselves because because of this we have so much data and we don't have to use any user data. I guess that's yeah. a big disclaimer that's worth mentioning that we are not using any images from anyone else outside of the company, yeah. just internal data for now. That's also plus, yeah. We are also planning to. Um, well, we are now using the uh, the um, these models on IFS because uh, the harvester has cameras, right? Yeah, Can the look at the harvester has a camera and it takes a, an image of the uh -huh. print when it's uh, in process. And uh, so that's that's how we can catch, yeah, like early spaghetti. I so it seems like the spaghetti detection is working. Uh, already really quite well. Uh, yeah, it is. It is working. Yeah, we have um, uh, my my colleague Mark. Yeah, has set up a, a channel on Slack for us. Yeah, and send me your spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we have um, we have a Slack channel. Yeah, and uh, every time our farms have uh, have a spaghetti on them. Yeah, the, the, we get receive a, a message there. And uh, the whole team can actually react, yeah, to like whether to stop the print or, or just continue. Yeah. There's one There's more nothing. use case, one more uh, case which it can detect, which again surprised me, but it's I think very useful. And that's when the uh, model detects that it's not looking at a 3D printer. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, maybe um, useful. Yeah, we thought that it could be. Uh, Mm, an option, yeah, because uh, sometimes I don't know your cat comes in yeah. the camera, or I have two cats. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> it, can be, <laughs> it can be the issue. That's why I have the enclosure because otherwise the cats would be on the printer uh, all the time. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, so um, we thought it might be practical. Like, yeah, I think um, it's great. I, I guess because it's you, the output is the what do you think? What the model is things it's looking at and the uh, confidence by the way the confidence also very interesting that you get a number of right, yeah, representing the, the confidence in what it's looking at the, yeah yeah the, so we get we get the um, yeah, 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 exactly i'm trying to get the confidence level at every class yeah that we're detecting so then we can maybe modify or i'm planning to introduce more classes like just for mm -hmm. example like a uh, layer shift yeah mm -hmm. i'm actually collecting the data set for that right now and because then i can imagine for example, in the rare case that the camera just, yeah, exactly, your cat bumps into the camera, it's not looking at the print, you can decide how to handle such case rather than just going into your mobile phone, going panic mode with notifications like, I don't know what's happening, printer, yeah. something crazy. Yes, yeah, so in the future, yeah, it's possible that, that we can get uh, like automatic reaction to Yeah, that, like yeah, pausing or... in... 
as, as you as you mentioned, the confidence. What is what is quite cool with some uh, large language models, the you know the text text ones. Mm -hmm. You can uh, I think OpenAI is also uh, through the API. You can get the confidence rate for each each token, mm -hmm. and you can see how sure the model because it's basically probability, right? Mm -hmm. It 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 is basically guessing what the next uh, what the next token or you can imagine it as the the letter should be. And uh, when it starts to go off, off the rails, you can usually see, you know, it starts hallucinating. You can mm -hmm. see that the that the confidence is 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 dropping, mm -hmm. or the probability number of that token. I can imagine, for example, if we had a if you had a fifty percent spaghetti that maybe connect could wait, it could wait for the next picture and next picture and see yeah. what's happening with the confidence. Maybe some little piece of support broke, but it actually doesn't matter for the print. Yeah, and exactly. the spaghetti so... will disappear. Confidence will go up in print going fine, low in spaghetti, mm. and it can just continue. Yeah, yeah. some prints can recover yeah, yeah. from like small. And I would, uh, I would like to talk about about the the uh, the types of failures or uh, your uh, how are you internally classifying the types. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, we have the we have the clean bed or no bed. We are looking somewhere else. What are these classes? Yeah. Uh, well, this we have um, seven at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so the well, spaghetti probably the most important one, uh, which is a messy print in general. Yeah. Even if mm -hmm. it's like a, a, the like a huge light shift with spaghetti. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the important thing is that there is spaghetti then. We have the empty heat bed. Uh, we have the empty sheet. Uh, then we have the wrong angle. Uh, we have the perfect print, like finished print, perfect finished print, and uh, print in action. Um, and I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, and you ask us internally to give you more photos of errors so you can add more cases yeah i'm working on it yes because the, the problem well, is that the printers don't fail much to, you, not, do, do you go around the to. company do you go around the company and just break other people's prints <laughs> <laughs> no i don't break like them but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm i'm watching i'm I mean, on watch constantly <laughs> i mean um put uh, put some lotion on your hands and when there just when there are no you. farmers at the at the, Touch at, every at the print farm yeah. like yeah. mess with yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, the farmers would probably kill yeah, you, well, but you would have a lot of data. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Well, my favorite is testing department. Yeah, they they have. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. They have uh, interesting cases. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I wish you I... could know our testing. They are so <laughs> meticulous, and they document everything. And we are uh, basically we we still uh, we still have a lot of like Mark two point fives at, at the testing. Yeah. So we get the data from way back way back because we still support those printers mm -hmm. yeah yeah we have like yeah round minis and like everything all types mm -hmm. of printers so so, so to, to get a little bit more in the in the uh, nerdy details yeah how long does uh, the fine tune take the fine tune took well the most probably the most uh the, the the part that took um, most of the time was the data set creation. Yeah, yeah, like to yeah. yeah. Uh, I I I, spe I, sp I specifically meant like the 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 run on the on the GPUs and maybe this uh, we we can talk about the setup because I uh, AI uh, and large language models are kind of my hobby. So <laughs> no, that's the it took us less than a month I think to get the whole thing working and to mm -hmm. customize our parameters and find the the the, the best yeah, and uh, I guess the goal the is to moment. one day have it in Connect or in our yeah, printer but now somewhere. Yeah, we have it, it's easier because we can easily modify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and work more and add more classes and uh, twist with the parameters. So. Yeah, and, and I, I I would say uh, for the uh, for for the people who are not in into this. The data sets, uh, the data set is the data where we have the pictures of the fails and they are classified. And in, and in the model training, uh, the, the quality of data is the, is the king and yeah. also, also the quantity. Yeah. And you can imagine it, 
like if you are like if you are teaching your kid and you are showing that him them the pictures. So the more examples you show them, the more confident they are in describing what is uh, what it, what is happening. Mm-hmm. But it can confuse the kid if you give <laughs> them to vague images with descriptions which are maybe syn- synonymous but not the same. Yeah, well, that's why we for this first uh, model, yeah, we um, manually kind of double checked everything, yeah. every single picture, yeah. so that it I mean, makes sense. I mean, when I'm fine tuning, it is uh, it is still a little bit of a magic. Uh, it's still a little bit of magic. Uh, most of my fine tunes turns out uh, turns more into a lobotomy of the original model than, <laughs> than improving it. <laughs> and so, right now it's a image, which is yeah, it's image file to the matrix of pixels, and the other dimension is the text description or the the, the maybe yes. doesn't have to be text, but what it is, what you're looking at, like mm-hmm. manually edit. Would uh, could you technically add? let's say load cell data dimension where the printer would also send the reading from a temperature you know temperature thermistor or something into this model into the image processing model mm, i don't know i don't think it's needed yeah moment. i'm not saying it's needed i'm uh, just wondering <clears throat> you know if it would maybe detect as a data does it yeah why not you can well uh it can be it can be interesting but uh we would probably have to create model from scratch to look at the data. Hmm. But in this in this case, as we are running so many machines, uh, it is a huge advantage for us because uh, we uh, we are collecting all the sensor data from all our machines into internal machines. Yeah, I, I would just stress out again. Internal in-house uh, to into a giant uh, Grafana. Uh, well, Grafana is the user interface. Yeah. We we store the data. And in some cases, uh, if the, especially I remember from very early in the development, we were able to set the logging level as high that we could, we could, uh, recreate the model from it. I remember. Yes. I was very early in the load cell development years ago now, when, uh, I was testing the self-leveling, uh, I had, I had some problems and, uh, it was. The Alan developer came and he like showed me Grafana and he opened the single probe, the like data from single probe, and he had such resolution that he saw like coming close to the, you know, close to the sheet, then tapping it, then going slightly against, then going up. I'm like, are all are like printers in house like sharing all this data? It must be kind of crazy on the on our network. Oh well, it is not that much data, but. We, uh, I don't, I don't think people know this, and this might be topic for uh, one of the mm-hmm. next podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have basically, uh, we have simulators for the firmware and you can basically plug it to virtual printer. Mm-hmm. So we can, uh, which simulates the extrusion and you can, we, we developed it during the, uh, investigation of the famous 602 issue, which is, uh, the artifacts and printing. Mm-hmm. And which is, uh, which is for the whole 3d printing community, right. Or for all the, mm-hmm. all the 3d printers, but, uh, th- this turned out to be a very nice way, uh, to check for, um, uh, if, uh, if those, uh, minute uh, surface, uh, deviations, if they are happening, for example, in the firmware, or mm-hmm. if they are happening, you get, uh, you can remove some of the variables like the, the, the filament and physics and whatever. And perfect, perfectly circular extruder gears and everything in yeah. software. Yes. 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 And if you still see 602, then you know that it's something else. Yeah. But, uh, the 602 is compound, uh, compound thing It so, is from 20 little things. Mm-hmm. So, but you can just isolate some of the variations. So I think, uh, I, I think, uh, we, we should look more into training the uh, training models for this and i think it might be it may be possible to to predict predict the print uh, some of the printer fails before they even have them before they even happen mm-hmm. that would be very cool yeah actually that's a parallel that came to my mind is technically mark 4 or excel or the or our new printers are running 
something similar with the load cell as you do with the images where it is sending the load cell data into a, a model rather than like going through false and it, it can detect like this is a bad touch so it touches again yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. you, to the you, may, you may be you may be correct that uh, uh, Alan was uh, Alan, was going, Alan was doing some sort of magic yeah like collecting data and taking it manually so I guess it's happening in all sorts of departments uh okay so I guess the first thing that would come up to everyone's mind maybe even when they tune into this podcast when they hear AI 3d printing, would not be this, but probably the first thing would be modeling, like creating 3D models. But before before we go there, uh, we were just chatting a little bit before before the podcast. Were you? Yeah. Uh, I think I think it might be cool that uh, that we maybe open some of the weights uh, we fine tuned uh, to the community. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, I haven't them prepared. <laughs> no, no. Once they are prepared. Well, well, not, not, not right now. Okay. Not, not well, right now, but uh, eventually, eventually. Uh, so. But yeah, eventually, yeah. At, at the mo- at the moment, we are working on this. Yeah, yeah. And we want to make sure that it actually yes. works and makes yeah. sense and yeah, I... useful for the customer. Yeah, but um, later, yeah, for sure, we will. If we could definitely... collect Voron community. We could collect some images from the Voron community and work on their printers as well yes yes well, yeah we could. there there's infinite infinite possibilities play with it like yeah <laughs> but uh i would say i would say if you have some inter- uh, if the viewers or listeners have some interesting ideas uh we can we can uh brainstorm uh, yeah brainstorm on it okay so now we can move on to 3d models sure okay uh yeah, 3D modeling, I think we've all played with AI in text, which is, I would say, much simpler. Uh, as as you said, Joe, it's like guessing the next word with some confidence. So it's, in my view, it's kind of random word generator a little bit, or at least I'm sick of seeing uh, GPT texts online. I think uh, I'll I mean, you too. I mean, I would, I would say... Uh... Depends who you compare it to, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm super proud of the content we put out, and you know it's difficult for the very generalistic uh, AI model to produce uh, produce uh, yeah. content on the comparable level. But you know, if uh, if some other companies don't have such a strong content team, uh, maybe it is useful for them to get get out the press release. I think for that would be. It is. We will take it. We will take the compliment. That's <laughs> sure. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but uh, you're absolutely right that the texts that are put out by ChatGPT or whatever are very generic. They're kind of averaged from everything it's scraped from the internet. So it's kind of difficult to see some kind of specific style or the kind of like the, the soul or something the creator usually gives into the the creation. And I feel like this is only multiplied when it tries to do 3D models. Like, it's yeah. like blobby. Bl- what I tried was like blobs with some textures. It was well, kind of weird. It's, it's, it's doing massive leaps, I would say. It's, it's doing like really interesting progress. Like, uh, I mean, it's a... Uh, I don't know, year ago, year and a half ago, we were kind of, uh, you know, stunned uh, when we looked at, oh my God, this sort of like software can generate an image of an avocado shaped chair. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you, you can just type, make a chair look like an avocado. And it does that. Mm-hmm. And it was a tiny image, like mm-hmm. 64 by 64 pixels. And nowadays, I, I've been running a local installation of Stable Diffusion for around a year, I mm-hmm. think. And now I'm able to do like two minute animations with it. And they are That's pretty crazy. consistent. So the the progress it made is insane. Fair enough. This is the perfect segment into uh, a short pre-recorded interview. Uh, I, I talked with Peter Farrell, who is a creator on Printables. Uh, Peter has over like 1100 models, like 1000. Yeah, that's it. We're already hearing Peter Hello. now. Hey, I'm I'm Peter Farrell. Um, 
a, uh, a 3D modeler. And uh, today I'm going to show you how to um, use displacement um, and stable diffusion to add details to your model. I'm going to go through a few examples, one of making a, um, a medallion, and then I will uh, show you how to use stable diffusion image to image to um, basically take low quality images that um, are part of the UV map and make them look really pretty and high resolution. This is um, a coin that I made using Blender and Stable Diffusion. Um, basically, um, you know, I start off with some basic geometry. In this case, it was just kind of like a flat cylinder. I took an image um, from that I made in Stable Diffusion um, and, uh, you know, I basically gave it a prompt. I said I wanted to make have something that kind of looked old and it looked like, you know, a magical coin. And um, I used a whole bunch of adjectives and things like that to kind of get to the point where I got this picture right here. And this picture then I use to basically um, cut, um, I'm going to say, or create geometry um, on my cylinder. Um, and then you can see kind of like the results of, um, you know, using Blender. Yeah, I used displacement and I created this coin. So there's one, and this is a really, really basic process. This took like, you know, probably maybe, you know, 20 minutes altogether to do. Um, figuring out how to do it took a lot longer, you know, but, <laughs> but once I figured it out, this process became really quick um, and it's a lot of fun. All right, so here, here's an example of like, a pattern. This is actually, um, I was working on um, a model of Kermit the Frog with a Hawaiian shirt on. So I have this flower, and as you can see, it's like, it's a little fuzzy. You know, that would actually, a lot of times this would work just fine. But if you wanted more details, and let's say you wanted these uh, little parts of the flower to have more detail, that's pretty easy. So you go into image to image. I'm in, I'm using absolute reality um, for my stable diffusion tech checkpoint here. One thing I'm going to say is in my negative prompt that I don't want it pixelated, so I will put that in there. Um, I'll put fuzzy, hazy. Um, I'll put like uh, out of focus. And then it will take your low quality thing. And you can see like we're getting sharper now. Uh, we're getting a little more details. Actually, some details are getting taken out and other ones are getting put in. All right, so right now we have this model and it's, um, you know, we got a Kermit and I know that I want to put that flower on his shirt, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to go to faces. We're going to go to tries to quads. Um, it didn't look like it changed all that much there, but it probably did. Um, and then I need to, this is kind of an important thing. When you want to add poly, when you want to um, do this displacement technique, you need equidistant squares. And in this case, we have rectangles. This is not going to work. We're going to have stretched mm -hmm. out flowers. They're not going to look right. I'm just going to create some, some more poly here. All right. I'm not, I don't uh -huh. want to spend too much time doing this because that's just really boring to watch. Now we'll do some down here. These are bigger squares. We got all those cuts. This is where now I'm going to do a subdivision surface. I'm going to do a simple one first. Sometimes you have models that have all these different parts. And there's like eight or nine UV maps and they're all for different parts of the body. And mm -hmm. so this ability to make vertex groups allows you to selectively uh, basically pick what you're going to displace. So now I can go to new. So then I could just take this one here and then hopefully this works. Ah, there you can oh, see. Cool. Now it's adding, it's adding the flowers like over the shirt. And you can see, like I told you, it's not going to come out right. But anyway, you get the idea. I'll go to the horse one. It's not, it's not, it's not something I'm really proud of, but it was something, again, it was an experiment and I found out how easy it was to like basically change like the style. So mm -hmm. in this case, we have this horse, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've used my technique, my displacement technique. Um, I've, I've taken, and, and this is the one on the right in this case is the original, um, is the original of what the mesh kind of looked like when I added displacement. Mm -hmm. And the one on the left, all I did was say is like, I had to do art deco. So I was like, oh, I want to make some of the, and you can see like, especially on the saddle here, some of the lines and decorations, like it did, it, it did. It made it more kind of like a little more art deco and it changed 
a lot. It, the eyes are still where the eyes need to be. You know, everything, mm -hmm. it, it's just using the map. And so it folds around the model as it's supposed to, but it does. It changes yeah, here the design. I'm just showing Peter's, Peter's profile on Printables. Like I said, he has like 1,200 models of incredible detail. Impressive. Yeah, I, I think this is the right way to do it when you take AI and use it as a tool somewhere in the middle to help you achieve something because it's still your creation. You're just using some new high-tech tools and uh, it's not just, uh, I'm gonna type a few words and generate an image yeah. and, and there we go. Because I mean, uh, you can see it everywhere nowadays. Uh, somebody did that uh, Harry Potter in the Balenciaga style video and it was original, it was fun, it was unexpected. And then some, uh, everybody learned how to do it. And now Facebook and YouTube yeah. is completely flooded with that. And it has no edit value. It's, it's just all the same, the same kind of prompt. You just switch it from Harry Potter to Breaking Bad or whatever. Yeah. So this is something I really, really like and appreciate. And to and to to describe it a little bit more for for the pe people yep. who are just listening, he was using stable diffusion, but you can use uh, you can use Midjourney for this too, or Delhi uh, from OpenAI, an image generator uh, to create uh, to create an image, and then he uh, he used this image to displace the surface of a, a 3D model uh, to customize it basically uh, uh, by the by by the image. Uh, maybe Mikolas can describe it in more uh, precise terms. Yeah, this is this is, is a te technique that's used for decades in gaming industry, where you actually do this on the run. So you send to the GPU a very low poly mesh, and the texture you send it to UV maps. So that's saying how the wrapping. Imagine like a chocolate egg or something. How the wrapping goes around this model. And then the GPU does some very simple math, vector math and it shifts uh, the vertices to create more detail. What Peter is doing, and really was fascinating interview, we talked for two hours. I cut it down to five minutes, but Peter is a wonderful, wonderful guy uh, experimenting with this. Uh, he, he stamps the texture into the geometry like actual forever, so we can export it with the displacement modifier, we can export the mesh and it will actually have the detail in. So, so as we are talking about it, Blender is, uh, Blender is quite a daunting for, uh, for someone who didn't use it before. But as, as, as you were guys speaking, I realized that we have the SVG emboss in the, uh, in the slicer now. That's right. So, uh, with one little uh, step added to this process, uh, you can prompt the image generator uh, to make it vector. Yeah. And then just use a simple vector converter to get SVG and you can use it in the, in the slicer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I think this would be, this would be a very nice, quick little tutorial we can put out in a couple of days. Yes. And then another thing Peter was doing, he, I love the creativity when you get a, you get an AI and you just approach it as a tool and you take it for what it is and you try all weird things and some, something comes out of it. The image to image where he had a model, which already had a texture. Uh, it was either a, for example, public domain uh, scans from museums or, uh, Peter was using models from like Legend of Zelda, like 64 by 64 pixel uh, textures on extremely low poly models and using image to image, uh, he either upscaled the texture to create like wonderful detail or using image to image on the texture, he was changing the style. So we were looking at models and he, he was like, I can make this worse cyberpunk. And it, like with two, one sentence, just one run through stable diffusion and it will change the texture and he can change the, the model completely. Yeah, this is actually what goes like beyond uh, regular programming, yeah, beyond the AI, yeah, because this text prompting, yeah, it's, it's not easy. We have used it also in our model. And uh, when we describe the image also, like uh, it understands you sometimes better, which depending on which words, uh -huh. yeah, so it's a little bit of fighting, you know, like yeah. with, uh, trying to make you uh, make it understand you. <laughs> I mean, there there is, 
it is almost a, like regular profession prompt engineer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, and you can <laughs> you can make a pretty penny. You can make yeah. a pretty penny. And as as we are sometimes, uh, I'm uh, sometimes talking with Nicholas. Uh, I'm showing him more the more advanced prompts. And it's like what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, or you can write. Uh, you can make an AI which will take bad prompts and change it into good prompts, and then feed it into another AI which will actually take use of the better prompts. Yes. yes. So, uh huh. And uh, I, uh, I think uh, you, you guys showed me that you were playing with generating some of the 3D models directly. Yeah. So, uh, or am uh, I jumping? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. We, we wanted future. to talk about it. Yeah, sure. So. Um, uh, I was kind of uh, playing with it uh, with these uh, 3D generators a couple of months ago. I think in back in November or so, and uh, back then it was really, really basic. Like it could probably create something like a cartoon model of an apple, or basically some kind of blob that reminded you of of an apple or something like that. And I tried it again a couple of days ago, and I was surprised how good it became like uh it's doing some really good crazy. Or, or better it's getting really good i would say but on the other hand it's um strictly limited to things that are already online mm-hmm. it's, it's not very imaginative so if you would say i would like to generate an image of a tv with human legs and mm-hmm. dragon wings or whatever it would be kind of lost uh, because it wasn't trained on this type of thing. It's much easier with images. Uh, so I tried something crazy like give me a 3D model of a loaf of bread in a cyberpunk style. That's easier. <laughs> and uh, well, technically, uh, I mean, a loaf of bread is okay. ca- kind of kind of simple. And it did something really interesting. It, it wants you to describe the surface as well, like the texture. Mm-hmm. So you can type in what kind of texture you want to see. You're limited to something like three or five keywords. Mm-hmm. So if you compare it to stable diffusion, where you use something like a hundred words mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, it's very, very basic. But it actually did something <laughs> that had the, the properties I, I wanted. Really? So yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. At this point, you can't really imagine that you would say or type like, I want a 3D model statue of Nathan Drake from Uncharted in an action pose, something like that. It wouldn't really work, but it's about the data you, you have for training. Yeah. And I think this is a kind of a big topic we should also discuss. Yeah, the, the, the data in this regard is a, is a king. Uh, I, I have uh, I, I have a couple of remarks. I think uh as as you were mentioning the the stable diffusion uh and how rapidly it evolved and the, these image uh image generation models uh, it is you know the data available for that the amount yeah. is incredible yeah incredible and it's so easy to scrape from the web and it's also you know, an- anatic anatical yeah scrape yeah, it. i will i will i will i will get to that right uh what what did they find out that mid journey was just uh teaching it on on the marvel movies yeah that when you prompted right it gave you the exact screenshot from the wow. movie and and that is you know and th- this is very not subtle but for example in this in this regard for 3d object generation uh i think the 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 kings are for example Luma AI, which uh, yeah. they are doing, uh, they are doing three um, uh, D scanning app, or and Gaussian splat, and they are using the data from the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are te- they are learn uh, they are uh, teaching the the neural network. I guess okay. here you at least opted in. Well, by agree well, to, to well now now here's the catch. Okay, if you if you if you prompted to uh, uh, to give you a Pikachu uh, uh-huh. model, it it will give it to you, and the the legalities will be very very interesting because they will they will say, hey, we we didn't we didn't put it in, you know, our users have uh-huh. a, in the in the in the terms of service that they should not put anything mm-hmm. uh, copyrightable yeah. but i think this will be very very interesting because if you uh if, if you are following following this at all 
you, you should probably you've probably seen that the New York Times is suing OpenAI mm-hmm. uh, because they were training on their whole database. Because you, I mean, it it is very nice nice uh, nice data set for for training because I mean they they go back for ages. Uh, it is it is nicely written, good English. The smoking gun there is the AI generated watermark in images, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. It's it's a really interesting. Uh, when I mentioned I'm doing some experiments with animations, there are also different models for animations, and there is um, one that's like version 1.1 and 1.2. And mm-hmm. if you use, I think the older one, mm-hmm. it has watermarks. It generates watermarks. The, the style of stock uh, image okay, database get the images across the video like it's, it's insane it's not oh, like random across the video that's even worse that means they ink yeah every that's the preview video you, you generate and and it it would be interesting what will happen because for example as I as I spoke uh, as I spoke with uh, about the luma mm-hmm. I mean I'm pretty sure that uh Pokemon company will not be happy about yeah that. And you spend millions of dollars training these uh, neural networks. And it will be interesting because uh, it is very difficult to get this out of the data set without, without full retraining. I've seen uh, I've seen a couple of papers. Uh, I didn't read them uh, through because, it- I mean, this is too, this is too deep for me to, to understand. But the fact that there is a research how to unlearn something and mm. I, I learned something out of the model. Mm. It's very, it's very interesting. Must uh, be hard. You just. Yes. I think it's easier just to to teach it again. Yes. And uh, and and for 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 example, uh, you know that uh, in some European cities, you cannot uh, you cannot take picture of some uh, some buildings because the architect has the rights for the commercial purposes. Yeah, like so, atomium in yeah culture. It, it will be it. It will be it will be a bloodbath, and I hope I hope that because I generally think that uh, w- what is happening in AI is is a very good thing, but th- these early days it will be it will be very interesting, and if I get back into like the the the, uh, the models from the scans, it is very difficult to get the training data to be exact. So and especially with three D printing, you a lot of the times, if you are not just, if you don't want to make a figurine, which basically you do not care about the dimensions, it 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 is very it will be very difficult to get the data sets. But uh, but you know we we run printables, which is very very large. I would say by the incentives we we have very nicely curated mm-hmm. uh, curated data set. So. We see a lot of scraping, right? We have, yeah, we are yeah. we are blocking a lot of attacks <laughs> on our is, on our database. Especially, especially recently with yeah. uh, with China ramping up the investments into the AI to uh, to get we are it is it's a great lot and all around the interest uh, all around the industry. So be careful where you upload your where you upload yeah. your models. And I think it will be very obvious uh, because the the data set of the, these high quality models and sculpts, uh, uh, you know, in in the whole community, there are just the the styles of the designers are very distinctive. Yeah. For example, our friend Fotis Min. Yeah. Or yeah, Eastman Vexter, yeah. and anyone from Printable Sioux get typically very distinct styles. Yes. So. Uh, and as the com- community is quite quite small and very uh, tight knitted, uh, it will be it, it will be interesting when it, when you see some of, some of the models popping out and they will be just you know trained on on these uh, yeah on on these data and I, I I'm not very happy I'm not very happy about it that there is it's very difficult to fight against it. To fight against it, but I know Cal's just did uh, like a no AI thing on the every model. They they out, the author can de- decide. I think it's just like a license uh, thing where they are prohibiting. Like they are saying, please, uh, I'm badly you know paraphrasing, yeah. but please don't train my model. I don't yeah. think you know the, the pay- 
someone can still download it. I mean, yeah, I, I think it will not be respected. I mean, what what it will work for is that I mean, you can prevent like uh, in the robots uh, .txt yeah, yeah. prevent like uh, OpenAI, Microsoft, and yeah. the, these companies will respect it. But then then you will have thousands of the hundreds of startups where they raised uh, in this craze and raised a lot of uh, a lot of money and now they need the data to train the model so they will and, and there there is there is uh, or there are some tools that can uh, kind of scramble an image mm. so it's unusable uh, in in scraping but uh, i'm not sure poison, it poisons the image it poisons the image i think it just um, kind of mixes up the tags like when you have a picture of a, a, a mouse it's gonna say it's a cat or something like that so uh, but with 3d models you have direct access to the data to, to the uh, vertices uh, and stuff like that so I want it's to, gonna be much more difficult I, I would say I want to again like uh, just state that yeah we see it like attacks on printables all the time where people try to scrape it we have pretty good measures how to prevent that. Of course, you can't prevent, you know, you, anyone of us can download a few model, like models from designers. So you can only detect it once it goes up in scale and it's clearly not standard usage. Uh, and once that happens, our Ben Hammer is pretty swift. I, I do like that. Uh, but the whole ethical question and I know a lot of artists are rightfully very mad. Yeah, like Greg, Greg Ratkowski. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the most common prompts in, in Stable Diffusion. Yeah. Like, I want this dark fantasy, blah, 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 in the style of Greg yeah. Ratkowski. And you understand yeah. why, why you are... Like, and he's, like, super pissed yeah. about it. And I, I, like, no wonder. Yeah. This yeah, is... it's hard to put copyright yeah. on the AI. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the people who are doing these kind of sketchy things, I think, oh, it's like, you know, it will, uh, no one will notice Yeah. until they notice. Until they notice. <laughs> right. I, I have something more kind of, well, uh, like fun, I guess, to uh to show you where so the ai models right now i think we agree that the, the chat models are more mature than the 3d ones the image ones maybe are somewhere in the middle so i thought what 3d modeling software uses text <laughs> and that's OpenSCAD, which we used for a very long time in the in the initial years to create all parts of of our printers these days it's a mix basically you are yeah you basically you are programming the model exactly exactly yes and uh so i tried to make model in gpt uh in OpenSCAD with gpt uh and the results were a little bit uh, hilarious uh so before you get to it just yeah. uh a little bit uh, uh just a short comment it's like uh, w when you want to use AI, something like a text to mm -hmm. 3D mm -hmm. object, and you want to create something uh, that's functional, like mm -hmm. some sort of bracket, and th then you would start describing it as, okay, so I need an L-shaped bracket with four holes on one side, and th this hole should be this big and this big. You would type all of that into some sort of like text to 3D. But you can also pretty much, if if you know this, <laughs> you you might as well just make the model. You you yeah, yeah. either in Tinkercad or maybe yeah. in OpenSCAD because it's not that difficult to to learn for these uh, basic shapes. So this 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 experiment was pretty quick. I think pretty funny. So I just started by telling to GPT, do you know OpenSCAD? Uh, it was like, yes, I know, I know OpenSCAD. Uh, cool. Can you make me code that uh, makes a cube? And it's like, yeah, sure, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, you make a cube, uh, dimensions, uh, this is it. So I took the code, uh, copy-paste into OpenSCAD, and sure enough, it created a cube. And I'm like, fantastic. So it works. <laughs> it's working. So then I was like, what's some uh, something when I was learning OpenSCAD that's kind of tricky? Uh, and that's chamfered edges. Yeah, you, you make four spheres and then just wrap. You you can't you just yeah you have different ways to do it exactly, or you can uh, create 
more cubes, uh, rotate them, and then uh, subtract them from the original cube. It's yeah, it doesn't have a built-in um, chamfer feature. You you can code it yourself. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, this is all over the internet. It must be in the learning data. So I told GPT, can you please uh, make a cube with chamfered edges? And it was like, no problem. <laughs> and it created weird. So it created a cube. It it did subtract cubes from it, but only in the corners. And but luckily, ChatGPT uh, four can understand images. Uh, so I just I tried two times and it didn't work. So I just gave it the image back and I'm like, what do you think? Do you think this is what I wanted? And it was like, oh no, the image you provided uh, appears to show a cube with modifications, but it's not a chamfered uh, chamfered edges. So I'm like, can you try? try again and it did and now it's like did subtract the cubes along the edges but it didn't rotate the cubes so so close yet so close. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like yeah so i just gave it the image back and it tried again and then it created a weird cube with like pillars <laughs> in vertical edges well, i mean i mean imagine if if somebody saw the open sky for like a second time and you yeah. ask ask them to to uh, to do the chamfered edges, I think some of the, <laughs> some of the yeah some of the iterations would look quite similar. Yeah, it's like me when I was learning OpenSketch. Uh, then it created something very interesting. Uh, it created a model that's a code that's very close. If you think about it, it created uh, cubes. It rotated them. It created it put them on all of the different edges. So it was super close. But I don't think it understood. It was super close. So I tried a few more times and I was like, look, you've tried several times. It's clearly not going well. Uh, can you search some online resources to learn how to do this? And it was like, yeah, sure, I can I can do this. It was Bing and searching internet. And there must be a million tutorials online. So I I hoped it would at least copy paste yeah. some online code. And it returned me a huge prompt like... Uh, so you're supposed to use the Minkowski function and this is how it works. I, mean, I was like, I'm not interested, just give me the code. That is quite a long uh, long reply. Yeah. Right? How lazy the GPT-4 became. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it gave me a huge reply and I was like, I don't care. Can you, can you do the code? And it tried and it, oh. got, it got this close. It got super close. So it chamfered all the edges except for the, the, the edges of the top face. And I was like... I was like, you are so close. And I gave it the image. Only the top face is missing the chamfer. Can you, can you fix it? And it did. And it just... <laughs> so so it's almost like when you ask uh, the image generator to generate a nerd without glasses. Yes. It's the new, the new Turing test. Create a nerd without glasses. Like, you can try it. Yeah, so I... Personally, I don't think this is, like, too feasible right now. It feels like it's just trying random pieces of code. But I mean, uh, proper prompting goes a long goes a long way. I mean, I I send you. Uh, I was talking about this with Nicholas yesterday, right? Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, Chat GPT, it it cannot do this." Yeah. So I said, "Challenge accepted," and I spent like hour uh, writing a prompt and instructing instructing it how to how to do it, and I made a quite cool snowman picture. Yes. The only thing was that the, the, the conical nose was uh, was um, the other way around. So <laughs> the, the point, pointy side <laughs> to the head. Yes. And and the prompt was funny because the prompt was like the yeah, it could interpret it this way. Basically, it was like point, it, yeah. pointy uh, going uh, going this way. And yeah, it is. I mean, the, the, there there is a lot of prompt guys. If if, if somebody is, is interested in this, how to. How to get the models to do what do you what do you want? And I use some of these. And when you are when when you are uh, when you are working on your prompts, it's there. There's a lot of iteration, mm-hmm. and you get it to work on one use case, and then instantly when you try something similar, it goes to it goes to hell. So, yeah. But I think I think you could get pretty good, uh, pretty good with this. If you, yeah, if you trained it or more, just open sketch codes rather than everything literally. Then I mean, uh, as 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 you mentioned that there must be a million tutorials. I think it will definitely not millions, but if in the written form, if if it's searching, 
there will be i don't know 100 tops mm. and to get for for it to get a general idea mm. uh is not enough especially since even as humans there will be like five different popular approaches how to do this and they they are not cool and if they they probably fine tune on this data but if you would look at uh, the mark mark i think some of the early mark 3s uh the, the the parts were still made in open scan you know you have just the part and the image of it but you would need to have very exact text prompt which would output that open scan model and that that is nowhere in the data yeah nowhere in the data so you would, you would have to get all the open scan models which are available on the internet and write the prompt for them as you wish yeah, it actually changes perspective. Yeah, I, perspective. I, I, I see you truly understand what I'm saying. <laughs> how you see things, yeah, it changes how you uh, communicate with the AI. Yeah, and you like, you need to sometimes like, mm, okay, how like we we as I think as human brains, yeah, we assume a lot of things. Yeah, we like we 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 have kind of uh, more knowledge of obviously but then then they so we assume a lot of things but then you need to change your when you're prompting you need to change your perspective totally and i and the most hilarious thing i don't know if you guys if, if, if you guys if you guys know it but especially for someone who doesn't that doesn't uh doesn't uh, work with much large language models some of the models they react to things like if you do, uh, if you do your job well, I will tip you two hundred bucks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> write it like your job depends on it. <laughs> That's no, no, no. I need, I need a quick and very precise answer, or I will lose my job. And it's like, oh, yeah, so sorry that you're in this situation. Let's get to it. Yeah. That's also how you can trick it to do things which the authors prohibited from doing. You're know, like, oh, this is gonna save someone's life, and the AI is like, oh no, I, I better do it. I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, and uh, you. If if you are playing with a lot of the models, uh, I think I think this is called alignment, alignment with some of the values. So sometimes you can see where the models were, were trained because uh, they don't want to talk about certain things and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess to close it up, there's one more fun use case that uh, didn't come to my mind until uh, you you shared a picture on Twitter. I, I still call it Twitter, I will forever call it Twitter. Uh, where you've compiled Prusa Slicer and you've made uh, different fuzzy skin. Yeah. But you, uh, you I, haven't coded for a very I, long time. Uh, yeah. Especially, I never coded in, I never coded in C, C++. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was magical. I, I know a lot of people know uh, uh, GitHub Copilot, mm -hmm. right? So the first try, I just wanted to, hey, I got it to compile and now I want to see a result quickly. So I just uh, selected the fuzzy skin function mm -hmm. and just prompted to do it, uh, to do it uh, the way I want it. Uh, uh, after the show, I will show you, I have some of the prints from the new fuzzy skin. Oh, yeah, you printed it, cool. <laughs> Uh, I, tell me, what did you change? What did you don't like? Didn't like, or what did you want it? Uh, I didn't want it to be that random. Okay, that random. I wanted to create more like certain finish. Uh, we, I see. We, and and I just prompted, and I I didn't even read the code. Yeah, <laughs> but just I, I just did a proof change, a proof change, a proof change, and compiled it, and I did full yellow. <laughs> <laughs> And then pull, uh, and then you put it to pull and, invest and, and no, <laughs> just now I think, I think Wojciech and the slicer team would like sliced me, sli sliced me in half. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's fun. I mean, for, for fast prototyping, if you liked what it does and you could polish it and it, and it works. So, this works so well on the code because I mean, can you imagine how much data is there to, to train the model song? It is incredible, and and the code is usually very well commented, mm. unless it's it, unless it's code I write because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, yeah, this is that's cool. This is this is uh, uh, very. I think t 
this is the best time to start learning how to code. Because I imagine, I, I remember when I, when I learned how to program when I was little, I mean, I, I, I didn't have internet, uh, all the time. So I was like searching in the book that was crazy. Right. Then, uh, then you, uh, stack overflow and you can Google for the box, right. But now you can just ask, uh, AI to fix the problem. Or explain your code. It is amazing. No, I, I, I love, I love it when I just use it as some, as we talked before, like as a tool which helps me get to the result faster. I still have to do the work. Yeah, it is not for production ready code, right? But I, I have to for do the creative part. I have to g have the idea. But if I have it and I prompt it well, then it can maybe get, get me there a bit faster mm -hmm. than I would normally would if I just did everything manually. But I think there is a very thin line between it actually helping you and you spending so much time making the perfect prompt that you're just like, I should have just done this manual and I would have it five <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, you, you, usually this, this is the way because I mean, you do not have, when you, you, when you have the code like this and it's more, it is more complex, you do not, you do not have like the mind map of the code and how it all, all plugs together in your head. So when, when, when you need to debug it, it's quite, yeah. it's quite difficult. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's, I usually do this, uh, late, late at night. And when I'm tired, I just like try to re regenerate, uh, it multiple times until, until it works. Mm -hmm. yeah. Something similar with, uh, with the visual side, like you have a certain style if you if you draw if you if you create something over the time you create your own style and with the ai i mean i was trying some really cool stuff with uh, stable diffusion and control net mm -hmm. which allows you for example you, you take just a couple of cubes in some kind of isometric view mm -hmm. and you yeah. say and you say okay turn these cubes into buildings do a fallout style mm -hmm building or a Bioshock styled uh, building and it's going to do that and it's gonna pretty good mm -hmm. and then you will import uh, some other object like a cylinder hoping it will create a skyscraper in the same style it's going to look slightly different so mm -hmm. if you would try to import it into a game it wouldn't have the, the same level yeah. of artistic design so if used right you would take the outputs and you would put your own, you know, style, you would redo it a little bit. Yep. So everything is consistent, but yep. you will get the inspiration. Yep. You will get almost there. Yeah. I, I think we would love to see what everyone else is doing with, with AI in relation to 3D printing. We've talked about, uh, AI vision, you know, processing, uh, camera images. We've talked about modeling and all the different uh, text to 3D models and OpenSCAD and Peter Farrell showed us how he uses already the existing tools in a very creative way to, to create models uh, and we talked about programming uh, and text images all the sorts of way that you can already use AI to to do something maybe faster or better so if you if you're using AI in in any way that you find interesting uh, Feel free to share it with us on social media. Just tag at Prusha3D. Uh, you can use hashtag Prusha podcast or honestly just send this to us via email info at Prusha3D.com. We would uh, love to see it uh, because yeah, the, whenever we think about something and then we put it out to the community and then the community goes crazy with all the different ideas what they can do. And... Yeah, I would like to, I would like to give uh, um, and a thing to think about for the for the community and mm -hmm. for the designers and and people who are deeper in 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 3D printing, uh, I would I would love uh, for people to think about how to watermark the watermark the 3D models in a mm -hmm. way that basically the the watermark is not sliced, mm -hmm. uh, but it's there. But, but there. we can uh, how to like not po poison the data, but you know, mm -hmm. give it a signature, some keep, keep the credit. It doesn't have to be signature, but I mean, you can use maybe some internal geometry, which yeah. wouldn't slice, 
and or just with, with a tiny artifact but you know it would it it would be pain to remove it for, yeah. from the 3d data to 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 fine-tune on it because i think this will be uh soon we will start to see some some of these models and and it would be nice that we can suggest something to the designers that their work and style is protected or at least there there, there might be proof that the data were used illegally because i think this is very very important for now so this is just an idea okay perfect thank you all for coming on the show uh, uh i hope this new format was fun uh if you like it let us know or if you have some suggestions or what to do differently uh we would love to go into more topics like this so we'll see what comes up next and until then it's happy printing yeah <laughs> happy printing everyone see y'all